Bread comes in many different varieties, but the only bread that nourishes our souls, hearts, and lives is Jesus Christ. Bread of Life is sponsored by the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. You can contact us by calling us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Join us now for the Bread of Life. Here's Joel Van Hoogen. Do you remember when a sibling would tell you to grow up? Well, for them it was a put-down. But when God says it to us, it's meant to raise us up. From Hebrews 12, verse 7, we are told that God deals with the Christian as with sons. That is, that God raises us as His children. We are made His children through the work of saving grace. We become His sons and daughters not by our own power, but by God's free gift. And when we become His children, His gifts to us do not stop. The greatest gift He gives us is a relationship with Him as sons and daughters, and in that relationship, He graciously raises us up into maturity. Second thing here, I want you just to see, let's look at. Our growth in this grace is a growth under God's discipline. Our growth in grace is a growth under God's discipline. Now, I think there's something dangerous that we might experience as we move along in our Christian life and as God leads us further and further into maturity, there's this trap that we can fall into where we begin to think that we've outgrown the necessity in our lives for any strong action on God's part to discipline us. When I was growing up, I presumed at some point in time I would get beyond the reaches of my parents' weapons, right? And they did seem to become less frequently, but there's a danger in thinking that you've matured to the point that you're beyond discipline. A danger to think that you've matured to some extent beyond the discipline of God. And what happens when that gets in your mind is you still experience difficulties. You'll experience setbacks, challenges, hardships, points of sorrow that upset your life. And your first impulse will be to think that it's the result of somebody else's failures. (laughs) They're just causing you grief and harm. You might even try to historically work your way through the effects of this, just saying, you know, this is just what happens when you live in a sinful and fallen world. You know, when you live in a fallen world, it's impossible to avoid hardships. And this is just life in a fallen world. Or this is just the result of that other person and his wretched behavior. And I'm just collateral damage from what that person's done. I think that you will find it more helpful And I believe this is a more biblical understanding that God is sovereign and he is in complete control of everything around our lives and your life. And nothing can come near you without his permission. That every circumstance of adversity is a part of God's plan to grow you up and shape you more and more into the image of his son Jesus and more and more into conformity with his holy desires for your life. Sometimes the correction is harsh and drastic for that is the measure that's required when God disciplines his sons. Other times it is gentle and persistent. But what we're being led to understand here as we read this scripture is our difficulties and challenges are always God's disciplining action upon the life of His children. They always are. And they always reflect that He is bringing us into maturity and that we are not there yet. And there's always, to some extent, 
a work of God taking us away from our own fleshly impulses and instincts, very often, very often should we acknowledge it, dealing with our own sinful impulses. God is working in His disciplines in a number of different ways. Let me suggest to you three. First, in His disciplines, He disciplines us to protect us, to protect us from falling further into sin and error and also from leading others along with us. Paul had been given by God a tremendous position of ministry. And God had poured out on Paul profound expressions of revelation and truth to the extent that Paul tells of the fact that God had given him a vision of heaven itself, something that no one else or very few might be able to boast and speak of. Then Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, protecting us, protecting us from falling into sin and error and leading others along with us. Because of all these responsibilities and also these wonderful gifts, Paul was leading a number of people. As we know, he's still speaking to us through the Spirit of God. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet. By the way, Satan comes after us in a lot of these things, but you know, Satan can never come near you or buffet you or give you trials or difficulties without God's permission. Satan might come to be a messenger, but the thorn in the flesh is given to you by God himself. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger from Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure, lest I become proud and puffed up. And what is Paul saying? God sees the trajectory of the flesh in our actions and our attitudes and our behaviors, and he'll work to turn us back towards himself and turn us to the humility that is required for us to be more and more like him and to be made holy. And so God works in his disciplines to protect us and to prevent us and to halt us in a trajectory towards sin and pride and fleshiness and to draw us back into holiness. God also in his disciplines works to not only protect us, but to perfect us, to perfect us in his gracious character. James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 tells us that we are to count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be mature and complete and lacking in nothing. God is working, not always because he finds fault in you, Though oftentimes that's the case, and we must admit it. But sometimes God is coming to us, not to correct a fault, but to direct a virtue deeper and deeper into himself as the resource for it. To prune us and to draw out from us the character that he's placed in us. And he's also doing this in order that he might be honored by us. And so this is the other reason God disciplines us. God's discipline is God also positioning us. God protects and prevents us. God perfects us. God positions us. 
He places us in by his disciplines and the trials that he brings sovereignly into our lives, into the optimal situations where our turning to him and our relying on him, even though we don't have the answers, even though it's unclear why we're going through it, where our turning to him and our relying upon him will bless his name before others. Sometimes that's all we can figure out. I'm going to let you go through this, and I'm going to let you suffer through this, because as you yield to me in it, I'm going to be glorified, and I'm going to be exalted. I'm positioning you. Paul writes in Philippians that the very reason that he's been placed into prison is for the furtherance of the gospel. Positioned in that way. So God in his disciplines is working to push us away from what harms us and others, and to press us into himself and to put us on display for His glory. That's what God is doing in His disciplines. When you're stinging from disappointments or some hard thing that's been laid down in your life, either as the result of your own doing or the result of others, don't think that this is just someone else's fault or that you're just collateral damage from what's wrong with the world all around you. Consider instead that God still loves you as a child And it's still working on you to take you away from sins that keep you from His glory and keep you from enjoying Him and keep you from glorifying Him. Whatever the situation is with others, whatever the result is and what other people have done to you, whatever sins have been projected in your life, there is always something in you that God is working on. He's disciplining you. He's raising you up as His son or His daughter So when suffering under the strain of his disciplines and in hardships, we should learn to ask three things. First, ask of God these three things. God, show me where sin is taking hold of me and turn me from it. Second, God, show me where you would take hold of me and make me more like you in this moment and in this event. Third, God, only let my response in all of this be to glorify you. To glorify you. Here's a third thing that we could notice here. And the third thing is this. God disciplines His children. He disciplines us. And His discipline of us reveals that He does see our sins. Listen, His disciplining of us reveals that He does see our sins, but that He doesn't deal with us according to the full measure of our sins. God's discipline of us reveals that He sees our sins, but He doesn't deal with us according His children, according to the full measure of our sins. So understand something. If you are a true child of God, God will never punish you for your sins. Never. That punishment fell completely and totally upon the Lord Jesus at the cross. He suffered the consequence and the punishment that your sin deserves fully and completely and finished and paid the price. If you are a true child of God, God will never punish you for your sins. God's work on you at the point of your sins is not to punish you. It's to discipline you. It's to raise you up and grow you up away from childish and destructive things. And this work of God is a sign that you are His child. It's a mark that you are of His family. It's a proof that 
His love is lavished over you. It's an expression of His regard and His interest in your development that He won't let you continue in sin that He's completely paid for and borne the punishment for. Right now, I am positioned in Jesus Christ in heaven. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 2, 6 says that God has raised you up and He's seated you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I am in heaven positioned before the throne of God in Jesus Christ. And in this very moment, as God looks at me in this position that I have in heaven, God looks at me presented, completely dressed in the absolute perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. He sees no sin upon me. It's all been paid for. All of the justice that it deserves was received by Christ in my place. And in the place of Him receiving all of my punishment, Christ extends and covers me with all of His righteousness. And so now in heaven, right now, if you're born again, child of God, standing in the state of saving grace, God sees you, God sees you, utterly, perfectly, completely, perfectly, wonderfully, right and righteous before Him. God sees me there complete and without any sin. But God, our Father, also sees me as and sees you as sons and daughters who are not only seated in Jesus Christ before the throne in heaven, but who are on earth living with the mission to give Him glory. And here on earth, He sees our sins. And so God works to discipline us and to position us to give Him glory. So as He does, confess your sins. Let Him cleanse you from them, and let Him work to bring a correction to your course as well. Thanks for listening to the Bread of Life radio ministry of Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work, go to breadoflifeboise.org or call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.